Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome. To Warriors Wrap Up. And Juan Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95-7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area. Slam it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Well, the Warriors dig a, a dug themselves a major hole in the first quarter, 35-17 after one. They'd be down as many as 24, but claw their way back a 40-21 third quarter. Uh, but the Warriors ultimately outscored in the fourth quarter, 28-13 by the Sixers, a 22-6 run to close this one out as Philly, uh, quoting the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, put the clamps down on the Warriors down the stretch uh, after the Dubs led it 92-86 with 7-21 to go. Kind of a strange game for the Stephen Curryless uh, Warriors tonight, Covey. They're down 35-17 after one. And uh, the, the shorthand for me on this, first and fourth quarters, really bad for the Warriors tonight. The second and third quarters, excellent. Uh, I'll give you the the numbers. 63-30 in the first and fourth quarters. Philadelphia outscored the Warriors. 68-45 Warriors. They couldn't quite make up the gap in the second and the third. And uh, the Warriors are 22-22, and 22, 44 games in. Yeah, and it's uh, anytime you have a quarter in a basketball game where you outscore the opposition forty to twenty-one, uh, you would hope that you'd find a way to win that basketball game. You give the Warriors plenty of credit. Um, I, I didn't think Philly would come in and blow them out, and, and even when Philly got up early, uh, I felt like the Warriors would have a run, a, a stretch of the game where where they would cut into the lead. I, I didn't think maybe necessarily they would end up taking the lead, uh, but everybody makes a run in the NBA. Philly's good, and look, the Warriors are just getting destroyed on the offensive glass I mean early on it was you know dribble drive penetration for the Sixers they were getting you know a ton of easy looks the Warriors offensively a little bogged down they were uh, not taking great shots ball movement was a little stagnant at times but it's it's the second chance points JD I mean 21 to 8 second chance points I mean there's there's your difference in the basketball game right there uh, Tobias Harris was terrific um, you know certainly Ben Simmons uh, you know did his thing he can create instant offense he's so good defensively too uh, but it it was ultimately the Warriors' inability to get rebounds, box guys out, and and create second-chance opportunities of their own. And every time the Sixers got one, they scored. 
888-957-9570, as the Warriors lose tonight to the 76ers, 108-98. to uh, No Stephen Curry uh, again for Golden State. The news before the game that he's going to be out uh, for the next three ball games as well as the Dubs will take on Sacramento, Atlanta, and Chicago. And James Wiseman, uh, the other headline coming into this ball game. He's back in the starting lineup, and Steve Kerr said before the ball game, he's back in the starting lineup maybe for the rest of the year, like right now. Uh, and frankly, James Wiseman, look, you got to take the good with the bad. And that, that's kind of my overarching theme for tonight is once you make the decision, and part of this is, hey, Steph Curry's hurt, so what are you going to do, right? You're going to plug Jordan Poole in, and, and the Warriors are, are taking this opportunity, I think, over the next week and then beyond to focus more on development uh, based on their their plight with the injury situation and I, I think for me you know James Wiseman plays 26 minutes it, it was a struggle I thought for the most part uh, for Wiseman uh, we saw Jordan Poole struggle although still able to score 19 points but on 5 of 16 I think the length of the the Sixers bothered him a, a little bit but yeah. Uh, you got to take the good with the bad if you decide ultimately that development is going to be your number one goal, and it's just not going to be pretty all, all the time. And I think the Warriors experienced that uh, against a team with the best record in the Eastern Conference, by the way, uh, on many different levels in this ball game. Yeah, Philly's good. I mean, they really are. They they've had their issues jump shooting, uh, but certainly you know getting down into the paint, uh, attacking teams like that. Uh, it's a lot of ISO ball. They run plenty of pick and roll, and it's you know look. Tobias Harris is a guy that can can get his shot. Certainly Ben Simmons as well. Uh, so this was a good test for the Warriors. And look, I I like the fact that they didn't just pack it in right. And and the, you know they they've shown that kind of resolve at a lot of different turns this year. Unfortunately, you know it, you want to see that bear out as far as wins and losses uh, but I, I do think it's something tangible uh, you know that, that kind of identity is tangible that you can you can continue to to build on that next season how it affects them this season look they're just a little shorthanded talent like this team's got some holes and oh yeah you don't have Steph Curry uh, tonight as well you know you would have liked his offense to be able to to pick the team up a little bit I thought Wiggins had a really rough night at the office tonight uh, no doubt about that and uh, you just came up a little short I, I give him all the credit in the world for Dustin off a really awful start to this basketball game uh and you know Draymond this was pretty good Draymond tonight but certainly not you needed triple double-esque Draymond if the Warriors were going to get over the finish line and, and again credit to Philly once the fourth quarter came around uh especially at the top of the fourth quarter I mean the Warriors had three straight empty possessions a couple of shot clock expirations you could tell at that point JD Philly was coming and the dubs were holding on by a thread and they're just a damn good basketball team yeah, so the Warriors uh, wind up losing this one. Uh, well, let's focus in a little bit on Wiseman, and we, we can just kind of run through uh, a number of different aspects of this one. The Warriors really early tried to get the ball to Wiseman. Uh, he just still is not comfortable in the post, and I, I think that's an area that they're trying to get him comfortable with. But, uh, you know, some of it maybe the layoff, and we've seen this, the stops and starts for Wiseman, it's typically taken him a couple of games to, to get his bearings. So I, I don't want to make too much of it tonight, but, but he just doesn't look comfortable 
uh, in the post. I thought, uh, in addition to that, Philly really got some matchups with Tobias Harris uh, in that first quarter that, that got him rolling. Uh, they got Jordan Poole uh, on on Harris a couple of times on switches, and and you know that's what teams are going to do, right? Like they're they're like as far as Poole, it's like they're going to be physical with him. He got a little bit of the Steph Curry treatment tonight. We're going to yeah. be physical with you. We're going to put our length on you. We're gonna we're gonna switch you onto players that you can't defend with ease and and see how you hold up. Uh, you know, a guy that's been doing some big things over the course of the last seven eight games. But uh, those are the two guys that I always I, I think right now are the most important. I mean, Kelly Oubre played a terrific game, and we'll get to Oubre. Maybe hopefully he's not his last game with the Warriors <laughs> uh, because he's pretty important uh, to to them. I think staying afloat during this stretch where they're going to play without Curry, you saw it tonight. I mean, tonight's another one of those examples, Covey, uh, where if you don't have Kelly Oubre, this game's really, 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 really ugly. Like last year, ugly, probably. And yeah. so I, I just, you know, I know the Warriors have to do what's right for the for the future. But uh, so, yeah, those are just kind of some observations. I'll just I'll just kind of throw the floor to you off of just Wiseman, Poole, and, and you know, we can save maybe Kelly Oubre for a little later. Yeah, Oubre is certainly fascinating. I got plenty of thoughts on that. Yeah, Wiseman, it's the stop and the start. I mean, you nailed it, man. It, it it's it's not realistic to expect this guy to just keep having all these layoffs and then roll back in there, especially against a team buttoned up like the Sixers. I would have loved to have seen him get a dose of Joel Embiid tonight. Uh, that So that was unfortunate that Embiid wasn't playing. Um, but regardless... I think it's just it's just a little bit rough, right? And you know, Bradley he he wants to stay down on the block, and I mean, he really wore out James Weissman when they were out there on the floor together. Uh, I mean, he didn't really have a lot of answers. You know, the offensive stuff I'm not overly concerned about. I think that's going to come with time. Where he needs to start laying that identity is on the defensive end. And and look, it's teams like this. You know, the Sixers ain't out there playing a finesse game, that's for sure. Uh, so these are the kind of games where it's a lot of half court. It's a lot of uh, you know, shot clock winding down. You know they're 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 gonna you know pound you and pound you. Uh, they're gonna hit the offensive glass. Like the Sixers are the kind of team you got to bring your lunch pill with, right? This ain't this ain't gonna be like the you know the Trailblazers or something where you're playing a track meet. Uh, this is just straight up down on the block, old school blue collar basketball. And look, James Wiseman still kind of growing into that NBA body, still getting used to the to that smoke in the NBA. And you know, he had the long layoff on top of it, another one. So it's just it's been a bumpy ride for Wiseman. But you know what, JD? For most rookie bigs, it's a bumpy ride in the NBA. So I agree with Kerr. He needs to keep rolling them out there. Uh, and as far as Jordan Poole goes, you and I talked about this on the post game, and I think we really saw it tonight. Jordan Poole has finally got the attention of some teams around the league. And look, when you're starting in place of Steph, at first, you're just a name, right? You're just that kid out of Michigan that puts up those yellow threes, right? And then all of a sudden, it's, no, 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 look at his ascension the last couple of weeks. Like, dude has actually been a factor uh, in NBA games. And so now, okay, we actually have to game plan for him a little bit. The good news is when Jordan Poole, you know, when a guy like Wiggins isn't doing a lot of scoring tonight, and, you know, I know Oubre had a nice night, but by and large, there's not anybody out there that you're going to be too afraid of if you're the Sixers. You can afford to throw all that, that work at Jordan Poole. And, oh, yeah, anytime he had to see Ben Simmons, he didn't want to see Ben Simmons about anything, man. Uh, so a rough night for Poole. But I think it actually speaks to the progress that he's made because teams are now understanding, you know, if he's going to be in that starting lineup, like, we got to account for this guy. 
Yeah, it was Ben Simmons, and it was also Matisse Tybel as well a couple of times that just got in his shirt and, and was in the passing lanes and just just really making life difficult uh, on him as well. But, again, that's 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 some dudes that, that have some, you know, some playoff series under their belt in terms of just defense. And, and look, anytime it's a Doc Rivers team, you know there's going to be a, a physicality aspect uh, to to the way that they're going to play as well and I think yeah. that was on full display but again uh, that's all part of the experience and I, the one thing I'm a little reluctant to, to get into tonight in terms of being critical uh, and I know fans may disagree 888-957-9570 the conversation about the inability to to execute down the stretch when you don't have Stephen Curry like and you're going up against the best team in the Eastern Conference I'm going to give you a pass for the inability to execute down the stretch like that's one that I'm just going to say you know what we can't we, we can't harp on that one tonight uh, again I'm, I, I'm open for conversation and disagreement but I mean it's you know the 28-13 in the fourth the 22-6 it was ugly but uh, you know, the Warriors have had times where they've struggled to execute down the stretch with Stephen Curry on the floor. So I, I, I can't crack them too much for that tonight. No, I, I would agree. But, you know, uh, the one caveat to that is anytime you flip a game by 30 points, you take a 24-point deficit and turn it into a six-point lead in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, you, you hope that you have at least a, a better opportunity down the stretch to win the basketball game. But, again, all, all credit goes to Philly, I think. They took a, you know, they, they got out to a hot start, obviously. And then, as I mentioned, you know, you give the Warriors a ton of credit for showing that resolve. Anytime you can flip a game by 30 points and have even that good of a stretch for that long of a game against a team the caliber of the Philadelphia 76ers tells you a lot about your basketball team. But when it came time to get money, uh, you know, Philly, they held the Warriors to 13 points in the fourth quarter. So it was a big-time product of Philadelphia's defense. I mean, they, it was some straight dogged determination out there. And just, you know, sidebar. Is there like a cooler name in the NBA than Shake Milton? I mean, that's just is Shake Milton, dude. Hell yeah, give me some more Shake Milton. Uh, but yeah, F Philly's a good club, JD. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that tonight, 100. Uh, percent But you were up six in the fourth quarter. I don't know, maybe maybe a little closer down the stretch. That's all I'm asking. Philly's got a, a, a couple of good names. I'm a, I'm a big Furcon Corkmaz guy. Uh, dude, can I, I get I a like Tyrese Maxey? Matt Matisse Tybel is another one. Tyrese yeah, that's Maxey's strong. a good. Yeah. Tyrese, but Tybal, I think Matisse Tybal uh, and Shake Milton are right there, Dude, right there on top of 100%. just the coolest names going. And yeah, yeah honorable mention to Furkan Corkmaz. You got to be careful with that one. Totally. You say that one too quick. You say that one too quick, you might lose the license. Mess around, get the FCC ring in the dial. Might, <laughs> watch him out. I got a. Yeah, I got a little tripped up on that one. So 888-957-9570. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We're going to keep it rolling here until about 11.20 tonight. Uh, but light them up, 888-957-9570. What did you like about this game? Maybe what is the toughest thing to palate uh, about this game as the Warriors uh, do uh, outscore the Sixers 68-45 in the middle two quarters, but they get thumped. Uh, in the final uh, first and final quarters uh, by 33, and that winds up uh, being the difference uh, as the Sixers beat the Dubs tonight. 108-98. Uh, more to come right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Pick and roll with Draymond. Poole stops, bounce pass. Draymond back to Poole. Give it go. Take the hit. Ooh. Scored inside. Tough shot by Jordan Poole. That was nicely done. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Sixers get the job done tonight at Chase Center, 108-98. The final, 888-957-9570. Warriors now 22-22. and uh, Final game before the trade deadline, Covey. Uh, so, Kelly Oubre, uh, he was the, the driving force uh, behind... Uh, the Warriors come back and really they're they're thrust uh, in that third quarter. Uh, Kelly Oubre winds up with 24 points for the game. Should also, uh, before we get into the Oubre conversation, give Damian Lee a nod tonight. Uh, Nico Mannion as well gets a nod uh, because they put an imprint on the game and, and kept it from getting out of hand in the first half. Uh, that that Kent Bazemore, Kavon Looney group, uh, it it had the potential to get really ugly, uh, even just before halftime. It was thirty five seventeen at the end of the first, and then the Sixers had a twenty four point lead late in the second, uh, and the Warriors actually were able to actually it was a twenty two point lead, but they had they trimmed it from twenty two down to fourteen. They scored the last eight points of the the second quarter, then came out had a big third quarter. A couple of different points where it could have got ugly. The Warriors were able to uh, prevent that from happening, which gave them a shot down the stretch in this one. But uh, yeah, Bazemore, Looney, uh, Nico Mannion, uh, Damian Lee in particular. I think Nico Mannion and Damian Lee uh, and Damian Lee, a, a nice ball game for him with the sixteen points off the bench. Yeah. Uh, they get a big time nod. 
I, I, there's no doubt. And Damian Lee, he's just the epitome. Uh, I think his nickname should be, I don't know, this might be a long nickname, but stay ready, don't need to get ready. I mean, he just stay ready because, that. you know what, that's it. Stay ready because that's Damian Lee because he stays ready. Uh, and he just, he's a confident player. I know there was one point when he hit a three and he's like talking to himself going down the floor. Uh, I just, I love his just his get down and he's he's a guy that gives it everything he's got on both ends. I mean I've maintained on these shows all year long that he plays you can tell he plays this game like nothing is promised to him. And I just I love guys that play like that and you know you gotta go out there and back it up and look, Damian Lee is a reserve player in the NBA. Like we, we know that. Uh so you know he's gonna have some nights where it, it doesn't go well because obviously he spends a lot of time shooting the rock, especially from downtown. But when it's fallen, uh he, he can play with a lot of confidence he gives you a lot of effort on the defensive end and look you don't flip games unless you're getting stops on top of it right I mean yeah you could be scoring a bunch but if you're you know letting them fill it up at the other end what does it matter and, and yeah I, I totally agree JD uh, the way that they closed out the first half on that 8-0 run definitely carried over into the second half because you look up and you know you've for all intents and purposes you've played a terrible half of basketball but yet you're still in the game so you know you, you again you give them credit for that but don't get yourself in a 35-17 hole after the first quarter and you won't find yourself in the position where you need to chase the game all night and just to get back to sea level, you have to have this Herculean effort. Uh, and I think, too, J.D., for me, the, the rebounding, it's not just going to be as simple as, well, Wiseman will be a little older next year. Look, Kavon Looney doesn't give me enough in that respect. I know the loss of Marquise Chris certainly hurt. This team has to find ways to rebound the basketball better. If they don't, next year, this is going to carry over because where is this team going to make a marked improvement from this year to next year in rebounding? I mean, you hope that it's James Wiseman, but we haven't seen that kind of, that kind of dogged determination yet, right? So to me, that's a huge red flag for this basketball team moving into next season. Well, the tough part there is the fact that you already project the starting lineup, and it's this, and it's five of the same guys. Right. Like it's, you know, you know. I mean, Clay Thompson obviously can help a little bit, but he's not going to come in and cure your your rebounding problems, obviously. So it's it's Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and and like you said, Wiseman. So uh, it, it is going to have to be more of a collective. I also think that is an intangible. That, that you can maybe try to look for as you piece together some of your role players, you know, guys that maybe are, are, are better rebounders, even though they're they're smaller players or, the, or that they're wing players. The other way around it, too, is just to be so good in other areas that you can overcome it and put an impetus on you know, make it, you know, making sure it doesn't kill you, but you're going to be good enough in other areas to where it's where it's absolutely not going to be a difference maker uh, with regularity. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to uh, the Tenderloin Dad uh, in San Francisco. What's up, Tenderloin Dad? Hey, JD Covey. Guys, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling a little disappointed by tonight's game. I mean. By all means, I kind of had marked this one off as a game that the Warriors were probably going to lose. And, you know, I, after kind of what happened yesterday with Steve Kerr's uh, comments towards Schiller, and, that, you know, I kind of got more, you know, interest in this game. And they came out and they balled out and came back from that 24-point deficit. And they had that lead going in the, in the fourth quarter. And I'm just really disappointed in, in ways that they were not able to finish that game. 
but not necessarily disappointed in the players, but a little disappointed in the coaching. And my thing is, is that Steve Kerr has the time to get you know into the press conference and drop comments on Drew Schiller, who I just figured out existed this year, and you know can't you know get into these guys like, hey, we're on TNT. You know, we have a chance to win this game. Let's get some buckets. But they go out there and score eight points in the last eight minutes. I'm just saying I'm going to be looking at it closely. And also, shout out to Kelly Oubre for balling out despite all the trade rumors. Much love to him and much love to you guys. I'm out. I appreciate the call. There there was one thought as far as the, the finish uh, or I'm sorry, as far as the, the start to the game goes, and I, I do have a theory on that. As far as the finish, though, I mean, and I think this applies to the start. You've got a team that is in championship contention that came into your building. You're shorthanded. I mean, they, they get credit, too. Like they're the, and, I, and, I mean, they're, they're the tone-setting team. Like, if Philly comes in and plays the way Philly wants to play tonight, they win. Like, point blank. Like, that's just, like the Warriors have nothing to say about it unless they have a ridiculous – hot game and play A++ without Steph Curry on the floor. So to me, it, it's more, hey, Philly came in and, and put it on the Warriors early. It, I don't know that they messed around with the game. I think the Warriors found something and, and, and got rolling and basically made a bunch of shots. I mean, they got really hot in that third quarter uh, and then gave themselves a chance. But when it got down to execute execution time, I mean, this was akin to – and uh, this was akin to maybe the Warriors going into Minnesota three years ago, and they're playing the Timberwolves, and they get up 18, and then the Timberwolves come back, and you're and, and the Warriors are down six in the middle of the fourth quarter, and they're in Minnesota, and Minnesota's not very good, and 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 the Warriors would just go 22-6 and just put them away. Like that's what yeah. this was. This this was just the better team put their imprint on it. And they were going to dictate the terms. And, hey, nice effort by the Warriors. There's really nothing to hang your head on or about in this one for me. But, you know, their inability to finish when you – I mean, that's not on Steve Kerr at at that point in time. I mean, he's he's playing the the regular guys in Jordan Poole. I will say this as far as the finish. I'm sorry, I keep keep getting it twisted in my head as far as the start. There was a little bit of – and I I just marked this down in, in the back of my head. I think sometimes when, when there's bad news, and I'm not talking about what happened yesterday, but, but the news about Steph Curry today, because like, I think anytime you think you're going to get a star back soon, and I think this thing was trending, at least in everybody's minds, like, all right, it's going to be a couple of games in Memphis, and then he's probably going to be back for the Philly game. And then we knew early yesterday that he wasn't going to play tonight, and we talked about it on the final word. I said, I said, man, boy, for them to come out that quick, it sure seems like he's. It's going to go beyond even the Philly game, and then now today, you know, MRI, and it's beyond the Philly. I, I don't know. And, and look, I don't want to overplay this, but I do think there's something to a little bit of a gut punch where you get that news on that day that it's not just going to be one more game without Steph. Now it's going to be another week without Steph. And I think you know, at times that that can lead to 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 some rougher stretches. 
Yeah, it turns into a, a real slog at that point, and it can be mentally just a huge letdown because you're basically just trying to hold it together, right? And you come back from, you know, the, the trip, and you're 2-1, and one, and, you know, you got the split in Memphis, and you played really well in the first game, had a chance to win the second game, uh, and you're thinking, okay, well, the Sixers are coming to town, but, hey, we might get Steph back, and then you find out you're not. Okay, well, maybe this, you know, this is still going to be a tough game, but, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. No, not going to have him back for a couple more games, and this team can only last so long without him so yeah I think there's probably something to that but look this is the NBA like you you need to be able to compartmentalize that kind of stuff but the other side of that too is like there is a talent discrepancy between these two basketball teams right I mean Philly they're just a deeper team right now and yeah look Joel Embiid has been playing at an MVP caliber level this season and them not having Joel makes them not nearly as good, but they got some other guys that can step into his place, bona fide scores. And look, when it got down to nut cutting time, I mean, you laid it out beautifully, JD. It was a classic case of a really good team getting out into a lead, big lead, throwing it in cruise control for a stretch, maybe thinking that the other team will just kind of kind of fade away and, and, you know, pack it in. And then, oh, wait, oh, these guys actually came to play tonight. Okay, looks like we got to turn it back on tonight. And, you know, for, for Philly, it never got too out of hand. I mean, the Warriors got up six, and yeah, you get credit for that. But games like this in the NBA are won in the final five minutes. And certainly uh, when it came time, Philly was able to do that. And, and see, that's for teams like this that can defend, like these are the kind of things that translate into the postseason, right? I mean, when things get tight, Game's on the line, fourth quarter. Uh, this is when good teams execute. And, you know, Philly certainly had their ups and downs in the postseason over the years, but I think they, they got a bit of a different look to them this year. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But they've certainly shown uh, some resolute toughness in crunch time this year. And, yeah, in, in crunch time, that look, there's a reason why this team is now, what, 18 games over 500. They win close basketball games, and they get the job done in the fourth quarter. And holding the Warriors, whatever it was, 13 points in the fourth quarter, that's getting the job done. And, and you know me, man. I'm, I'm typically reluctant to be, hey, give the other team credit guy. Like, I'm, I'm more reluctant <laughs> than most, like, on a night-in, night-out basis to do that. But you're playing the team with the best record in the East. I know Embiid didn't play, but you're playing without Steph Curry. I mean, right. and, and look, I, this team is much better than last year's team. I, I think they've shown that really in the last week. Uh, you know, we talked about it a lot at the beginning of the year. Like, this year ain't going to be last year, and it hasn't been. And the big reason why is because Kelly Oubre's here and Wiggins is here, and the bench is a little bit better with guys like Lee and, and, and Baysmore. Uh, and Jordan Poole's a better player now than he was a year ago. So it's not last year. But that being said, uh, it's tough for me to go down the path of expecting that a team executes like a, like a, a, a bona fide playoff team when you don't have one of the superstars in the game like that's just a little it's frustrating we could talk about it we can talk about the things that went wrong and we have but but for me it's just not the night where I can rip rip on Steve Kerr or rip on the players even they had a hell of an effort to get back in the game and didn't have enough and the Sixers are a damn good basketball team you're listening to 95.7 the game KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco a radio.com sports station it is Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7. The game as the Sixers beat the Warriors 108-98. to One of the things I, I did like uh, about the ball game tonight, though, was the Warriors did play with an edge. They, they played, especially in those middle quarters as, as they got back into the game and, and took the lead. There was a physicality and an and a edge and a, you know, there was 
there was legit fight. Like it was scrappy the way yeah. that they played. It, 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 you know, in getting themselves back into the game, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, they started knocking down some threes, but I think that's been the one thing that's been indicative of this team as well. Is they just they keep clawing, and even if it's ugly, they're they're just gonna hang. They're gonna hang in and. And and just fight and and let the chips fall where they may down the stretch. So I, I think you got to give this Warriors team a, a lot of credit for that in, in this ball game tonight. Look, it it been real easy for the Dubs. No Steph Curry. Your shots aren't falling in the first quarter. You're getting pounded on the glass. Uh, oh well, it's just not our night. Let's just take it to the house. No, like this this team doesn't do that. You give them credit. Now, look, this is look. I understand that it might be an eye roll for a lot of people out there. I get it. This is the NBA. Uh, it, it the only thing that matters is who had more points after 48 minutes. I totally understand that, but. You don't have Steph Curry. I mean, this team can only go so far with a healthy Steph Curry. You take him out of the equation, the Warriors are fighting an uphill battle against a team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. So while you don't, you're not getting necessarily graded on style points, I think showing up matters. And the fact that, you know, you're not going to quit. Like, that, to me, that's more indicative of, like, the long-term view of this team. Yeah, there's been a few games against elite competition where they've gotten smoked. And, and actually, I would, even, I would even say that that's even more of a positive for this team, just kind of moving forward as something to, whatever you want to say, hang your hat on. I don't even want to say, J.D. But, you know, look, in the last couple of weeks, teams like the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, you know, we've seen the Suns, like, They've gotten behind against these really good teams, and it's okay. Well, this game's over, right? I mean, we're already we're already planning on, uh, you know, okay, who's coming up next, and and what what's after this because this is an L. Uh, I'll give them credit because it easily could have been head that way. You know, once you get down twenty four points to the Sixers, odds are not only you're not going to win the game, you're you're probably not even going to sniff a single digit lead again in the game. So uh, they they did that. They didn't pack it in. I think there's still plenty to learn from games like this too, JD. Uh, because absolutely. This team, yeah. Th- look, this team still has to figure out how to how to play uh, and and how to close. And you know, didn't get it done tonight. But look, Steph Curry, hey, he's going to miss time occasionally, and it's an opportunity for other guys to step up. So even a guy like Jordan Poole, all right, well, bars up. Teams are focusing on you a little more. How are you going to now readjust, James Wiseman? Okay, like not a great bounce back game for you after the layoff. Let's see what you got coming out against the Kings, uh, you know, on on Thursday night. So these are things, these lessons learned tonight. We'll see if they sunk in, uh, how how they respond to this going forward. Let's get to Body Blow in Colma. Body Blow is up next here on Warriors Wrap Up. What's going on, Body Blow? Uh, Good evening, J.D. and Covey. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought the the Warriors was was doing good. You you guys are right. I I think they're they're learning from this, and and, and like you said earlier, how you you saw how they were trying to stop uh, Jordan Poole from driving, and they had Tobias Harris on him. So sometimes Jordan Poole all he has to do is like kind of ask for a switch and put the weakest defender on him, so Jordan Poole could drive. You know, he could learn from that. Because I, I like what Ubre was doing majority of the time. Ubre is a shooting forward, and, and most of the time he's being defended by a guard, and 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 he he's the one who has most of the chance to drive in the lane, and and that's what I think uh, the Warriors should learn from is just try to take advantage of the defensive switch. Like if there's somebody too good on you, if Ben Simmons is on you, do a switch and get the smallest defender, and then Ubre, Wiggins, and Jordan Poole. Could take advantage driving in the paint, but they're doing great. Thanks a lot, fellas. 
All right, thanks. Appreciate the call. 888-957-9570. Let's hear a little bit uh, from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We'll also hear from James Wiseman and and Jordan Poole as well. Uh, One of the headlines tonight uh, is obviously going to be uh, about Kelly Oubre because it could very well be his final game with the Golden State Warriors. Trade deadline's at noon on Thursday. Nice ball game for Kelly Oubre. I think it was the best game that he's had since coming back uh, with the the wrist injury uh, that's kept him out. So uh, I think uh, a lot of people holding their breath, I I think, over the uh, next couple of days as far as what direction the Warriors are going to go. Here's Steve Kerr on on what Kelly Oubre has brought and, and his particular situation. Well, I, I love Kelly. He's a pro. We've talked a lot, you know, about his circumstances, being a free agent, have his, having his name tossed around. Not an, not an easy position to be in, but this is how it works. It's the NBA. He's got an expiring deal. He plays a, a position of need for a lot of teams, and he's athletic and long, and, you know, he's coveted. He's, he's definitely coveted. So his name is naturally going to be out there. And uh, he's done a great job of handling everything. He's he's really professional and poised and uh, very practical. And you know, so we'll we'll see what happens. What do you think is going to happen? I don't think he's getting traded. I, I think, you know, I think Steve Kerr has to, I guess, maybe prep everybody for that potential reality. Um, but I, I don't think Kelly Oubre is going anywhere. I think the Warriors want to retain him. I think they're going to. You know, hope to talk turkey with him after the season and hopefully work out a deal with this guy. He actually gives them, uh, you know, a, another element off that bench next year, and I think that would be the perfect role for him. Two-way wing, long reach, good defender, uh, can attack the basket when he's on, can hit the three. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. I don't, I don't see Kelly Oubre as a starter on a championship-caliber team playing the two. I just don't. Like, he's good, J.D., but I don't think he's great. And, and really, you, you need greatness or, or somewhere closer to greatness than Kelly Oubre is in the modern-day NBA at that position to be championship level. Um, but I, I do think the Warriors want to keep this guy. I, I feel like it's probably a pretty good fit. I mean, look, this team, you know, they've embodied a lot of that personality of Kelly Oubre. And I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if it's, it's a chicken egg scenario where it's Oubre getting the Warriors, uh, you know, their deal or, or, or vice versa. But that, that kind of dogged determination, the way that they fight, uh, you know, the way that they don't lay down on most nights, like that's kind of how Kelly Oubre is wired. So, I don't think he's going anywhere, J.D. Stranger things have happened. Look, I mean, maybe I could be way wrong with this. I have no particular insight. Just kind of a gut feeling. Um, I, I think they want to try and, and retain him and, and hopefully keep him long-term going forward because, well, let's face it. Like, as you, you've mentioned a lot of points, J.D., and it's spot on. Like, this basketball team is a whole hell of a lot better for having Kelly Oubre all season. And you know what? They'd probably be better having Kelly Oubre for a full season next year and even the year after that. And – if he wants to come back here and sign, you know, a three-year deal, four-year deal, whatever it is, he's still young enough where even if you get to the point where you feel like, ah, maybe this isn't the best fit, maybe we want to move off of him, he's still a tradable asset too. He, you know, he's more of a, a, an attractive commodity as an expiring contract for a team trying to go for a title this year. But even going forward, I mean, Kelly Uber is a good player. He'll always have value around the league. He'll always be tradable uh, even if at some point you decide you want to move off of him. I just don't think it's going to be in the next 48 hours. 
I wonder how much Jordan Poole's emergence plays into this as well, and not in the way that you may think. Uh, you, you may be thinking, well, wait, Jordan Poole proves himself to be a rotation player between now and, and the end of the season, and he's certainly on that path uh, right now. Would you be less apt to, to, to maybe want to retain Kelly Oubre? To me, it's actually the opposite. I, I would be more apt to want to retain Kelly Oubre if Jordan Poole pencils at the rate that, that he's currently on. Uh, because to me, they're, they're two different posi- you know, positions. They're, they, they give you somebody that, that can be a, a backup guard that's looking to score. They can give you somebody that's a, a backup wing that can slash. Like you, you would, in essence, have two emergency plans at that point for a guy like Clay Thompson. And you could play those two players together. And you right. could play Oubre in Wiggins' spot. So uh, to me, it all boils down to more than the money I, I don't think it's fine. I don't think it's finances at all. Like I think the Warriors are probably comfortable uh, paying Kelly Oubre uh, what it would take to retain him, whatever that amount is. To me, it's more about Kelly Oubre and would he accept being a bench player at 25, 26 years old, even if it means winning. Now, maybe the the cost of that, if the Warriors are willing to pay him. Uh, like he is going to be a starter, which they would. Uh, he he would be cool with that, uh, and and know that he would still play a lot uh, when the Warriors are, are fully healthy, even with Clay Thompson back in the fold. Uh, I just wonder if that's where this thing breaks down. And the one thing that I just I, I maintain is if if you don't think it can work, as much as it pains me to say it, because <laughs> I I've, I I really do think it would hurt. Not having Kelly Oubre between now and the end of the year would really hurt this team in terms of watchability, in terms of wins and losses, in terms of edge. Uh, Now, that being said, would it prevent the Warriors from making the play-in tournament? Uh, If Steph Curry comes back in a week, week, maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't necessarily prevent. Uh, But but all of those things are things that the the Warriors are are going to have to weigh. And if they just don't feel comfortable asking him to to be a backup, or if he doesn't want to be a backup even though he's going to get paid, I do think you have to look strongly at moving him as much as you may not want to because you do need to make sure that you get somebody in return if you find a player that you think can be a part of, of next year's plan. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, currently, right now, the Golden State Warriors are only two and a half games out of not being in the play-in tournament. So, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, when Steph comes back, yeah. there's every reason to believe this team is, is going to make the play-in tournament. But it's still a plausible scenario. Steph misses time. You trade Kelly Oubre. All of a sudden, things get dicey. Uh, it, it has potential to go awry, okay? And, and – Unlikely, but still a possibility. Uh, and, and I like what you said off top there, J.D. If Poole and Ubre are both pieces for next season, that's one less area if you're Bob Byers that you need to address. And then you can begin to look at the front court of this basketball team, maybe get you a little more help rebounding the basketball, uh, you know, and, and maybe address that area because basically – at the guard, you know, the the one, two, even three, because I know Ubre can kind of be the two, three guy, uh, you're, you're pretty much set. So I actually like that. And, 
you know, and, and that is assuming that Jordan Poole continues his ascension. You know, Nico Mannion might even be in the mix for that, although, you know, Poole certainly is a lot closer to being there than Mannion is for, a, you know, being a rotational piece for a team that's, you know, hoping to be in a championship conversation. But I do think there's something to that. Like, you're, you're officially, like, now you're checking boxes, right? And now you're looking at a deeper bench. But again, these are all conversations you need to have with Kelly Oubre. And look, Kelly Oubre knows what time it is, J.D. Like, he, he, he's no dummy. He, he got acquired by the Warriors when Klay Thompson got hurt. Like, he knows there's a Hall of Fame two-guard coming back next year, uh, and he takes the starting spot, and rightfully so. So Oubre knows the writing on the wall, so it's not like this is something they need to address with him. He's a sharp guy. He already knows that. So it really just depends on, on what he wants to do. You just need to make sure you have those conversations with him. I think Oubre would be content to stay here, finish the season with the W, you mentioned this last night, and it was spot on, J.D. Picture Kelly Oubre gets moved to Team X. His role changes. There's an acclimation period. He doesn't play as well. That team maybe decides, hey, he was just a rental. We don't want to sign him long term. And, oh, yeah, now you've been on, what, three teams in a year? Uh, really four. I know he didn't play for OKC, but you've been traded a bunch of times now as well. All of a sudden, maybe you get devalued out there on the open market. You get lost in the shuffle, and maybe you don't, you don't get that deal you were looking for. You stay with the Warriors all year. You're the guy that had a rough start to the season, found his way, helped this team go from 15 wins to maybe getting into the postseason, found a way to make it work in Steve Kerr's system, and made yourself, you know, a, a, you know, you continue that ascension that started in Phoenix and made yourself a really attractive commodity as opposed to a dude that just keeps getting traded. And, you know, look, it's, you, you know what to expect here in Golden State. You go to Team X, who knows how it's going to go for Kelly Oubre, and God forbid he gets off to another slow start again with a new team, he could cost himself a whole bunch of money. Let's get to who's hot and who's not that's sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters tonight. Uh, who's hot? Damian Lee mentioned him. 13 points off the bench. It was a plus 13. Five of six shooting. Knocked down a three. Uh, he, he brought uh, the edge. Actually, I was – yeah, he actually went up with 16 points. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong – Wrong. Uh, I was the, the, tonight was such a game of quarters that I actually did the thing where I print up all the different quarters. So I was looking at the <laughs> wrong quarter. Lee wound up six of seven overall for sixteen points, uh, and he knocked down a couple of threes uh, in, in this ball game. So uh, we'll throw Damian Lee in the who's hot uh, category. Kelly Oubre, we've talked a lot about him. Uh, eight of 14, 24 points. In uh, what I think many Warriors fans hope is not uh, the finale for him as far as being a Golden State Warrior, who's not uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, tonight, a minus 29 for Andrew Wiggins uh, in this game, 6 of 15 uh, and 14 points, and just kind of an ugly start. I mean, we talked about Jordan Poole and the way that the wings for the Sixers really took it to him. It just There, there are... Uh, there are too many games where I feel like elite athletic wings just kind of take Andrew Wiggins out. Like, it's one thing if you're taking Jordan Poole out of the game, but Andrew Wiggins has been in the league, man, as a number one pick. And it, it just it does feel like in some ways you can almost predict the games where he's going to have the 6 of 15. I, you, you can never predict the game when he's going to have 40, but you can always kind of see the game that's going to be 6 of 15 maybe coming. Yeah, there's a lot of quiet, uh, you know, nights where even he scores in the, you know, mid to high teens, even low 20s occasionally, but usually it's mid to high teens, right around 16, 17 points. Uh, and yeah, you're right. There, there could just be stretches where, you know, he doesn't look great. 
But Andrew Wiggins gets tasked with a lot on the defensive end as well. Like he's just because, you know, he kind of goes about it in a, in a pretty low key way, but Andrew Wiggins is involved in the action a lot. I mean, so much of the NBA game is played on the wing nowadays anyway. So um, I, I, I do think it's been, a, he's been a, a playing a lot of basketball this year, JD. And I, I think it's, you know, caught up to him maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, he certainly had a rough patch in the month of February. I mean, his three point shot really left him. He's been starting to find that again. Uh, and so, you know, you, you need as much offense as you can get from Andrew Wiggins, especially with Steph Curry not being there. But, it, the bottom line is, you know, on a night where he only gives you 14 points and he's getting worn out defensively, uh, you know, clearly a tough night for him. I just you're right. This is just life in the, in the Andrew Wiggins world. And, and I think we can both agree, though, like for the most part, Wiggins has been much better than we thought he would be. Offensively, he's been about what we thought. Right. Defensively it is where he's been certainly a lot better than I thought he was going to be. I always kind of felt like he was capable with the body type and, and, and the wingspan, et cetera. Sure. But it, it just never had happened for him. He's shown a willingness to do that since he's been here with the Golden State Warriors. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. And he's been out there just gutting it out, playing a lot of hoop this year and, and guarding a lot of elite players. Um, but there are nights like this where it's a real quiet 14. And yeah, he just, he, he didn't really bring it tonight. I just, you know, I thought maybe he looked a little tired tonight. Yeah, and he was a little tired, I think, going into the break. It looked a little spry coming out of the break after a couple of games. And, and yeah, struggled tonight. So that's who's hot, who's not. Sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. Final a couple of minutes here on Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey as the Sixers get the better of the Dubs tonight, outscoring them 28-13 in the fourth quarter, a 22-6 run over the final seven-plus minutes and it's a 108-98, the final. Uh, you mentioned the standings, and the Warriors now 22-22. and 22. They're tied with Memphis uh, for ninth and 10th. Now, the Warriors have played four more games than the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies had uh, the COVID issues in the first half. The season series between those two is tied, obviously, with the two games last week, and the Warriors currently uh, find themselves three and a half games out of sixth. Uh, which th that's obviously going to be a, a tall task now with Steph being out, but we'll point that out. And then uh, you mentioned two and a half games out of 11th, and the Pelicans blew the doors off the Lakers tonight, who, you know, frankly, the Lakers are in a spot similar to where the Warriors are or where the Warriors were maybe last year, or they don't have either of their stars, and now they're trying to get uh, to the finish line and just see where their seating is going to be. Uh, Pelicans are, are two and a half back. The Thunder are two and a half back. The Sacramento Kings, who are the Warriors' next opponent, uh, are three and a half back uh, of the Warriors and the Grizzlies, obviously, for, for ninth and tenth. Uh, Sacramento, in Sacramento, first trip to Sacktown for the Dubs uh, this season, and first and only trip. Uh, actually, they played there a couple times in the preseason. Then Atlanta and Chicago uh, to wrap up this stretch, and then hopefully Stephen Curry comes back. The goal remains two and two. Uh, right. I To me, it's really about getting one at, at this point. And I know there's some optimism in the way the Warriors played tonight, especially in that second and third quarter. But looking at it, if, if you can get if you can get one uh, at that point, you look at your your basic your 23 and 24 at that point. And I think if you're within one game of 500, you get Steph Curry back, you know what you've got the, at the end of the year with all the home games. I think you're still feeling pretty good. The reality is though, I think the Warriors are probably feeling like even if they did dip into closer to a tie with that glut of teams, Pelicans, Thunder or Sacramento, 
they'd still have enough to outduel them down the stretch if they had to, as long as Steph Curry was healthy. But you're obviously hoping you can avoid that. Yeah, you, you want to avoid that situation at all costs. Now, if the Warriors do find themselves in that position, J.D., where they're scratching and clawing to just be in the top 10, be 10 or 9, uh, they'll basically only have themselves to blame at that point for not winning some some very uh, winnable games early in the season. Now, it, it's fair to mention that their schedule is pretty light, and they do end the season with six straight home games. So uh, I, I think you know there, there's certainly some optimism there. You just got to get Steph Curry back healthy. And look, Regardless of you know Steph's availability, the Warriors have shown they can hang and they should have enough talent in order to uh, to beat the Sacramento Kings uh, on Thursday night. Now I think it'll be a close yeah. game, but it's it's look it also has potential to go the other way because the Kings got firepower. It's just what kind of energy are the Warriors going to be able to bring and how are they going to defend? Yeah, that's a that's a sneaky tough game, and and it kind of depends on when you play the Kings too, because you could play the Kings when they're not playing well, and and you can you can put it on them as long as you bring the proper effort. Uh, and I think we saw that when the Warriors played them back in early January at Chase Center, they brought the proper effort and purpose. And even though the Warriors weren't playing very well at that time, the, the Warriors blew out Sacramento. Uh, the Kings are playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, the trade deadline could impact that game. I mean, I'd, I'd hate to see a scenario for the Warriors just based on that specific game where maybe they got to go play that game and you don't have Oubre because you traded him or you don't have two or three other guys maybe who were throw-ins in a trade. And the same could be true for Sacramento. They're obviously in the in the rumor mill uh, with a lot of their players. Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald uh, potentially could be on the move. Some of their other bench players could be on the move. Uh, as well. So yeah, the sack game and the Chicago game are the most winnable, but that, that sack game is not coming at the, at the best time, I, I think, for the, for, for the Warriors uh, with the trade deadline and everything going on. And I know I've mentioned this before here, final, final thought. Last time the Warriors were in sack for the trade deadline, it was a franchise-changing deal that was consummated. That was the night of the Monte Ellis uh, trade <laughs> to the Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks That's right. for Andrew Bogut. The last time we had a March trade deadline as well because that season started uh, back on Christmas. That'll do it for us, Covey. I know you're taking a couple of days off, uh, so uh, well earned. Uh, enjoy the time uh, with the wife, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, next Monday, my man. Enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. Hold it down, J.D., as I know you will. Shout out to Whitey. Appreciate him. And, and uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll be watching, and I'll, I'll be tuning in, and I'll be checking everything out. So I'll have plenty of thoughts because we'll have a few games to dissect by the time I get back. And, uh, oh, yeah, a trade deadline will have come and gone as well. So I uh, appreciate you locking it down, partner, and I will see you when we get back. All right, so for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Ryan Mauser. Thanks to Bobby Spang. I'm back tomorrow with Whitey Gleason on the final word from 7 until 10 and then back at 5.30 for Warriors Live as the Dubs take on the Kings in Sacramento. That is on Thursday. That'll do it for us. Sixers beat the Warriors tonight, 108-98. You heard it all right here on 95.7 The Game.